Welcome to the Driver's Line. I'm Greg. And I'm Jordan. And today, we've got a conversation for you. And our conversation today is all about what we're seeing in the future. Our death watch of brands for years to come. Death watch. <laughs> 2024. Yeah, we should have been wearing black today. I know. <laughs> we chose poorly. Yeah. So we're looking at brands that uh, either their direction is just really confusing us, not sure why they're picking the direction they're going, um, or there's just some big issues with the brand or the branding itself that we think is going to cause people to just not care about them and not buy anything from them in the future. Exactly. So first off, we want to talk about Fisker. So Fisker is a company you might remember from the past, formed in 2007 from Henry Fisker. They made the interesting Karma, which was kind of yeah. like a Volt sort yeah, of thing, right? right. Um, except extremely expensive, but yeah. very curvaceous and not really all that useful. Yeah, so that company <laughs> declared bankruptcy in 2013. Um, and then actually split into two. And so Karma is now its own company. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of seen them make their own thing. But yeah. Fisker came back yeah. um, with the, the, the Fisker Inc. So they are now making one vehicle. It's called the Ocean. And soon to be the Pair. The Pair. We got next. the Pair SUV. <laughs> and then apparently they're also going to make the Alaska and the Ronin too. <laughs> hey, well, these are very interesting name choices. Very interesting name choices. I mean... You know, Henrik Fisker is a renowned designer. Like mm-hmm. He's always been wonderful with the design. And, you know, the um, Ocean doesn't look that bad. It's a yep. unique-looking SUV, but, yep. like, I want to know what it offers differently than any other electric SUV. Really, there's nothing that's distinctive about it. It's not range. It's not power. It's not yeah. performance. Yeah, I mean, it's got those lights and the C-pillar there that, that stick out. Um, and it's got Cal- California mode. Yeah. Have you yeah. heard about this? Right, where it opens all those all windows. All the windows. Even, even the rear quarter windows go down, which yeah. is kind of cool, cool. I'm not going to lie. But is that really the reason you want to spend, you know, 50 plus on an SUV? Yeah, especially from a dealer network that Doesn't is non-existent. <laughs> and that's, that's the unique thing about Fisker and its current um, iteration, right, is they don't make their own vehicles. Yeah. They're all made by Magna. Right. I, I, I don't know if I'd be willing to plop down that much money on an unknown brand like that. Yeah, they, they've only sold 3,000, I think, to date. Yeah. Um, as far as demand goes, it's hard to tell the, the clear picture, but um, two of them have actually come across the auction block in Cars and Bids mm. and both failed to meet reserve. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people want high-dollar high money for their EVs, but as we see, EV markets... Not super hot. Yeah, it's definitely soft right now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where Fisker's gonna be in a couple of years. I'm not sure that they'll be around, but time will tell. Time, time will tell. tell. So, wish them the best again. You know, it's nice to see more competitors out there, but um, when you're not even manufacturing your own vehicles, it's pretty easy to close up shop quickly if you For sure. run into a couple <laughs> pear shaped speed bumps. <laughs> oh, God. Well, maybe Henrik Fisker will be on board somewhere else with his very cool designs, admittedly. So, we'll see. Yep. Uh, moving from someone that has really cool designs to someone who has totally fallen off the design bandwagon, Mitsubishi Ooh. is also on our death watch list because, wow, how the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. The makers <laughs> of the Evo yeah. now make nothing we're interested in. <laughs> We got an Eclipse Cross and we got an Outlander, yeah. and so two SUVs that arguably play in the same realm. So hey, but you know what? I actually found it. They actually still make the Mirage. I thought it was dead, but they actually still make the Mirage. You can get it. It's still around. You can get a 2024 Mirage <laughs> in both the G4, which is the sedan, and the hatchback as well. Yeah, but I I, I can't imagine that that's going to be around for much longer. And when you're living off of two ancient SUVs. 
Although one of them is, you know, shared with the well, Nissan that, Frontier, so the Outlander there. Well, the Outlander's newish, yeah. right? It's 2021 yeah. when it was refreshed. But, uh, I mean, by the time that actually is updated, you know, they're going to let that linger. I mean, I can't imagine that they have the financial income to support that. Yep. So the Mirage, I, I, I did look up their redesign dates. And so this is like when they actually had like a full refresh. So Mirage was 2013. The Outlander, of course, was 2021. Uh-huh. And the Outlander Sport? <laughs> what was that? 2012. Oof. Oh my God. So yeah, we're, we're sitting here being mean to the 300 a couple weeks ago, yeah. but you know, Chrysler is far from alone in this yeah. category. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's a shame because Mitsubishi has such engineering prowess and history with performance and, and, and design. It's so strange to see them where they're at right now. Just an afterthought yeah. brand. Yeah. Um, I mean, who, who's, who's going to go and consider Mitsubishi against like a Honda, Toyota, Nissan even. Yeah. And uh, not many people, I don't no. think. So we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to come of that. Honestly, I, I can't see them doing super well with just the same vehicle, basically just a smaller and larger version. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's all we got. And one they, clearly they, super old. They seem to have no vision, no focus. So it's, it would be a, really sad to see such a story brain go down, but not surprising. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. So that's what happens. All right, so next up on Death Watch is VinFast. So this is actually a new company a lot of people probably haven't heard of. So it's actually formed in uh, 2017. Yeah. Um, they actually started off with gas-powered vehicles, but in 2022, they made a decision to go purely EV. Yeah, Vietnamese brand, right? Vietnamese, yep. yeah. Uh, of course, every company coming out now is starting off EVs, mm-hmm. and but the reviews for the latest vehicles coming to North America have not been great. Not been great. So we're talking about the VF8, right? So... The VF8 has been roundly panned by all of the automotive journalists in the United States. And not for like things you wouldn't expect, like random features or things like that. It's literally just the driving dynamics, how it feels to steer, how the sound it makes going down the road, how the suspension articulates, how it handles bumps. The throttle response. Throttle response, Has made people physically ill. Yes, because it's so jerky. Yeah. It's just unbelievable that they could make a vehicle this poorly but then you look back you're like hey they were non-existent before 2017. yeah and they started off uh you know like rebadging other folks designs and and pulling in their resources so i imagine you know when you're jumping in and designing your own vehicle from the ground up there's going to be some hiccups but you would think that before releasing vehicles to the public like this stuff like this especially on an ev vehicle where a lot of this can be tinkered out in terms of throttle response with some software tuning, that could be easily fixed. But suspension, like right. we, sh- this is stuff we need to get ironed out way before releasing stuff to reviewers and, mm-hmm. and the general public. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it's very, very disappointing. And they've got a huge rollout plan, you know, for us. So I think they're basically going to give us like the VF six through nine. Right. Right. So they're going to get a VF six, seven, <laughs> the eight that we already have, and then like the bigger, more luxurious nine. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It's not going to bode well for them if they can't get their first one right. It's going to really hamper the brand perception. For sure. For someone that's brand new into this space. Yeah, I mean, that's a shame, too, because, I mean, they are representing an entire country, basically. There's mm-hmm. no other Vietnamese manufacturers that are coming here. Um, so when, when you're coming out with a vehicle that's so half-baked, that's, that's really a bad look. And, and folks are not going to be willing to you know, stick their neck out on the line right. and try that out. Exactly. Um, when people are actually getting sick test driving their vehicles. I can't imagine that's going to be successful. Yeah. Not a good look for VinFast. So no. main reason why they're on our death watch. 
<laughs> death Watch. Yeah, and uh, so our, our final brand on our Death Watch is actually kind of more, I guess, U.S. focused. Um, but that brand has literally uh, two vehicles right now on the verge of one, and, and that's Fiat. Fiat. Yeah. So Fiat's got that 500E that they just kind of released. Um, but the 500X is on, its, on Death's door right now, mm -hmm. along with this Jeep Renegade Platform 8, right? Uh, Fiat's a storied brand uh, and obviously has a huge footprint in Europe and internationally, but in the United States, it just did not take off, did not work. Not at all. And you know, the thing that I think hurt them the most was their historical brand perception, mm. you know. Fix it again, Tony. <laughs> there's, there's just is such that perception that they have yeah. not been able to get rid of, even though by and large, their modern cars are all reliable. Mm. You know, the little multi-air um, four-cylinder has been a right. great engine. It's been even using Jeep products, right. which has been fine. Yeah. Um, the uh, multi-air that was in the, five, or in the Fiat 124, good. Yeah. Same as the one in the 500, sure. good. Yeah. Um, largely reliable. It's just unfortunate that they got that reputation. They were never, never able to shake it. <clears throat> been fast. Mm. See what happens when you don't do it right the first time exactly. and people just no longer have belief in the car. And you know, Fiat just kind of seems to struggle with direction right now. Um, on the pages for the 500e, I, I took a gander on their website. There is nothing around range mm. on that little 500e. Yeah. There's nothing around horsepower on that little 500e. But what they do talk about is you can get a uh, Bulgari edition, you can get a Prada edition, <laughs> you can get like all these designs, yeah. which is so Italian, right? Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> that you can get all these like designer versions of it mm -hmm. that are, you know, special paint, interior, whatever features, but they don't talk about the basic performance of the car, which yeah. I mean, as a shopper for me, that's something I'm interested in. I want to oh, know sure. before I spend my money. Absolutely. I mean, I, I also think like Fiat plays in a realm in the United States where it's obviously not super popular. I mean, all their cars are small. I mean, the 124 mm -hmm. uh, as well, uh, right? Based off of Miata, that's going to be small. You got your mini hatchbacks. I mean, even their 500X is not a huge SUV. No, and, and by nature, I mean, Fiat does not produce a ton of large vehicles other than like Adobo vans and stuff like that. That's not going to be a thing here. So they're already playing in such a small niche. And then you're playing in that niche with a reputation that's already kind of harmed. Right. Um, very little brand recognition otherwise. That's going to be a tough sell in the United States. Uh, I mean, Mini has made a go at it, and their sales have been hit and miss. But even their models, you're seeing them get larger and larger. Larger and larger, yeah. Right? The, the Minis are getting kind of maxy inside. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not sure yeah. that Fiat is really going to be able to sustain itself in the United States much longer. And when, when does this investment no longer make sense? Right. I mean, I imagine you can probably eke some sales out in you know Mexico and Canada, um, but mm -hmm. I just don't think the United States is going to be that. And that's where most of your volume is going to come from, right. right? So you're not shipping over things just for Canada. No, you're not. <laughs> so we will see what the future holds for Fiat, but it's a shame because, I mean, they had some really cool cars. I mean, that little bar thing, I mean, the exhaust note on that alone. I know, it was, it was so roarty and <laughs> yeah. fun. And even the same for the, you know, the 124. And yeah. just both wonderful, fun, sporty little vehicles, and which is embody what I think the little Italian manufacturer wants to be. Right. And now they've just kind of turned their back on them. Yeah, it's a shame, but we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise us, but it's not looking great for Fiat. Not looking great for Fiat. Yeah. So, with that said, uh, we will continue watching market trends and, and seeing who might be next on our death watch. Death watch. <laughs> <laughs> but keep on tuning in and watching our videos. Like and subscribe. And your support is very welcome. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for watching.